This is Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe. Now, here's Patrick McEnroe. All right, getting set for the Australian Open and uh, lots of tournaments, lots of events going on this week during uh, the lead-up to the Australian Open. Of course, all of them at Melbourne Park where the Open itself takes place, which will start in a couple of days. James Blake, who will join us during our ESPN uh, telecast, also is uh, watching quite a bit and, and broadcasting for Tennis Channel. So he joins me from California. And James, you've been able to watch a lot of the matches live, obviously, today. Uh, the match is not happening with the COVID test of a hotel worker, but they'll be back uh, on court, I guess, uh, tomorrow, which is later today, our time. We know it's upside down in Australia, but what have you seen <laughs> so far? Thanks for joining. By the way, James has a podcast that he's done with me for Holding Court, which is going to come out in its entirety uh, in Season 2. But for the moment, I just want to get your thoughts, James, on uh, where, what you've seen so far in the lead-up to the Australian Open. Well, I think we, we expected there's probably going to be some rust from people coming out of a two-week quarantine, and, and this is a situation that none of us could prepare for, but seeing some great tennis, and we, I think a lot of tennis players especially thought of uh, the possibility of blisters. I mean, so many people mm-hmm. that I talked to that have played thought about and you saw Novak had some, I saw Benny Pear had some when he was playing, and um, I think hopefully this week as people get through it, um, they'll be okay for the Australian Open, but that was going to be a concern, and, and just rusty play was going to be a concern. And I'd say Dominic Team looks a little rusty. We mm-hmm. know he's someone who, who thrives on lots and lots of matches. Um, he had a rough one against Berrettini, but Berrettini looked great. He played that match. He beat Smolfis as well in the ATP Cup. Um, he's a guy that I don't think a lot of people talk about as a possible contender for slams, but if he continues to improve and keeps rocketing that forehand, hitting huge serves, He's someone that could possibly go go pretty deep in a slam. Um, but team, you know, again, he, he had a rough one against Ferrettini, but we remember back to the U.S. Open and winning his first title. And uh, coming into that, he had lost uh, a match against Krajinovic, one and two. And right. we ca- he came in thinking, okay, maybe he's not the same. Maybe he's not ready to – maybe something's wrong with him. And he obviously proved everyone wrong and went and won the U.S. Open. So it, we'll see if he's got that same sort of mentality here, if he can bounce back from a, from a rough – outing uh, at the ATP Cup. Um, on the women's side, I thought Serena looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she was moving so well. She was returning uh, exceptionally well against Gavrilova. Gavrilova doesn't have the weapons of a lot of the bigger uh, bigger names and top pros, but it was a perfect warm-up, I think, for Serena to get that and, and get into great rhythm. Um, Osaka had a um, you know bit of a hiccup against Katie Bolter, but but then looks solid as well. I think the women's draw is so wide open. I'm looking to ask Barty as possibly someone mm-hmm. that I could see doing really well just because she didn't deal with the, uh, with the quarantine because she's been in Australia for so long. So she's been practicing um, in her own, in able to, in able to control her environment for the last few weeks a lot better than some of the other players. Right. And I mean, obviously she just has the talent. She's number one in the world for a reason. He hasn't played a match. She hasn't played um, a tournament since last year at this time, though. So you wonder if, uh, as the matches go, if, if the fact that she doesn't have a lot of um, match experience in the last year can have an effect. But I think she'll she'll get over that pretty quickly. I look for her to do really well. Um, How about Kennan? I mean, How about Kennan, the defending champ? Kennan is, um, I mean, she seems to go through uh, just with that head down mentality and a lot of times, over, I mean, I just overlooked her, and, and I feel like she's had that her whole career. You know, all she does is win matches, and we don't talk about it because she doesn't have that really flashy shot. I mean, she's got a great backhand down the line, but she doesn't have the, 
the massive serve, the, the, you know, the mock 10 forehand, but she, all she does is go about her business and win matches. And she's continuing to do that. I'm really interested to see how she does this entire year mm-hmm. after having such a breakout year last year. And then you got the off season and time to think about it. And, um, you know, maybe you get new deals or things change or, you know, your off the court life has changed a little bit in that off season to see how you come back. And if you have that sophomore slump, uh, if you're thinking about it too much, if it's a little bit more difficult trying to defend points all the time. Um, so we'll see how she does. But I mean, I, I, I would say, I guess, overlook her at your own peril because I feel like she's been overlooked her whole career. So you, you obviously played against Djokovic and Nadal, and I think I'd be surprised if you would tell me that they're not the two favorites, and I, I would say certainly Djokovic, a solid favorite. Um, yeah. But next in line, I mean, team, Medvedev, you, you mentioned Berrettini, Sitsipas, you know, Sinner, yeah. a couple of the younger guys, maybe a little too early to make a big run. But who do you, who do you like outside? Well, first of all, who do you like in general? I'm guessing it's Novak um, or maybe Rafa. Yeah. And then who do you like sort of if it's not one of the top, the big two? Yeah, exactly. Novak, I mean, he's got to be the favorite. The guy's playing so he moves better than anyone in the world. Uh, he's got eight titles down there. He loves the, the surface. He loves the facility. Um, so he's got to be the favorite. We haven't gotten to see Rafa because he's been played by a little bit of a lower back and it's been sore, so he hasn't played the ATP Cup. Um, but if I'm looking for sort of a dark horse, someone who I like, um, and you'll probably maybe see why, is uh, Andre Rublev. I love the way the guy plays. Oh, man. And, I, just, I, mean, just, I, just, I tweeted the other day that he, I think he's got the biggest forehand in the game, though. I mean, the hardest. Yeah. He absolutely rips the ball um, and moves really well and you know, for me, I, I mean, it's probably uh, being egotistical to say that I, I like the way he plays because it kind of reminds me of me um, because he's so much better. But I love the way he plays. He's got that attitude of going for it and going for broke, and he's got to do it. Guy won five titles last year, and he's somewhat overshadowed by his Russian uh, mm-hmm. compatriots with Medvedev playing so well, even Hachinov having a lot of hype as well. But Rublev just keeps winning and just going through. It, it, it will be interesting to see if he can put seven matches in a row together where he's absolutely just clobbering the ball and it, it's all going in for seven straight. But the way he plays, he can beat anyone in the world. I mean, that, that kind of game style is, is one that a lot of players won't like to play. Um, so I like him as a possible kind of dark mm-hmm. horse. To, um, and so he's, he's, my, he's my outside pick. Um, for the Americans, you know, I think – Riley Opelka will always have a shot just because he's I mean, the guy seven feet tall, massive serve, can can be a nightmare matchup for just about anyone. Right. Um, Tommy Paul, I'm looking for big mm. things from this year. Hopefully, he's um, he's really talented kid, and they, I think they're roommates, so uh, maybe there'll be something in the in the water down there in Boca where they can uh, they can succeed together and maybe even maybe even move up, maybe buy houses next to each other. Instead of, instead of <laughs> yeah, right. They might be able to get other. their own place. <laughs> By the way, Rublev hasn't yeah. come close to reaching your career high ranking. Okay, Rublev's on his way, but you got to four, so he's not he's not there yet. But I like I, I figured you would like him because he's like just go for broke. Oh, but um, absolutely love it. Um, the last thing I want to ask you is uh well actually i don't want to ask you. i'm going to tell you this and you're going to see i'm going to see if you agree with me the highest ranking american male player within the next next i'm going to say 18 months will be i have my answer well i'll, I'll let you answer first um i'm gonna go with uh with the big man and normally when you say the big man in american tennis you're thinking of uh of don isner but i'm actually going with the even bigger man in riley opelka okay you wanna, um, i'm going with the big man too you want to hear who it is though it's not either one of them 
He's not quite as big. Sebastian Corda. Sebby Corda, I like it. I like that. (laughs) That's an outside shot. He's a big guy, too. But, man, he looks so good. He just won another challenger, too. He's up to, uh, up to 88 he, in the rankings. Unfortunately, he won't be at the Australian Open because he wasn't ranked yeah. high enough to get uh, – I guess he could have played qualies, but he elected to play in some yeah. challengers. But, uh, all right, you like Opelka. I like, I like that. I like yeah. I like the quarter pick, too, though, because he's – I mean, he looks so comfortable, doesn't he? He looks yes. – I mean, partly, obviously, because of his parents, the pedigree there. His sister is a pro athlete and very successful. He just looks comfortable in his surroundings already. I watched him play at the Open last year, and – there was no phasing him. He's playing Sasha's Vera, but that's not bothering him. He's just going about his business and playing and doing it, doing a heck of a job. Well, you're doing a heck of a job too, James, and you keep up the good work <laughs> this week. I'll be watching you on Tennis Channel. I look forward to you joining us at ESPN next week. And just a reminder, my uh, our podcast together, James's life story, and then some, uh, which we recorded, will be out in uh, – probably late February, early March as I release uh, season two. So I appreciate you doing both with me, James. And uh, we will see you virtually over the course of the yeah. next couple of weeks from the, at the Australian Open. My pleasure, Patrick. Yes, yeah, see you soon. All the best. That's James Blake, everyone, previewing this Australian Open. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media. Mudhouse Media.